It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Well, shouldn't be much problem traveling. The road should be in good shape because weather around here, not that bad for December. Good morning, shank of the day on Wax. Bob and Joe with you. We've got chores to do here on the farm show. And uh, will we have a white Christmas? Doesn't look like it now. How much you getting snow left on the ground at the Welke Land and Cattle Company? No, we're down to pretty much the ice. Yeah, so. and uh, that's not going to hang around long either because uh, every day except tomorrow is going to be above freezing this week in the area all the way through Sunday. So we'll take a look at that. And if you're going ice fishing, <laughs> good luck finding ice. You better put on your waders to go ice fishing, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of ice out there. But seriously, uh, be careful because I know some folks have been out ice fishing. And where did I see uh, someplace? I think it was in Minnesota. A bunch of people were out ice fishing, and the chunk of ice they were on broke loose, and they were floating out in the middle of the lake. So they had to be rescued off a floating iceberg, and uh, that can be dangerous too. So be very, very careful. I know uh, ice fishing is... Uh, a passion for a lot of people. <laughs> Don't let your passion get in the way of common sense. So, again, not going to be a good week for uh, getting closer to a white Christmas or ice fishing, but uh, not bad weather. December crop report comes out later this week. We'll see what the numbers are as far as the final numbers for the uh, 2022 cropping season. We'll take a look at income this year. and We talked so much about higher input costs, and yes, they were way up. But looks like farm income this year is going to be way up, too. Some numbers we haven't seen in a long time. We'll also wrap up the uh, Farm Bureau Convention down in Wisconsin Dells. We did not make it down there this year, but uh, our good buddies from down at Madison and our Midwest Farm Report pals, Pam and Stephanie and Charity were down there, and uh, they kind of covered it for us, so we'll uh, we'll get you caught up. Uh, we will tell you that uh, Joe Brogger is back in as Vice President of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. We'll talk about that and others that were uh, elected as well. And uh, what else we got going on? We'll look at the calendar a little bit later on. We got some meetings coming up, I would assume, and who knows what else is happening. Uh, we've got some open houses, and we got some okay. meetings coming up, and and you know what? That famous cookie walk is happening this weekend. Oh, the uh, um, Pleasant Valley Cookie Walk oh, down this at Saturday. The- Yes. I go there every year. Oh, I love that. I, I know. I thought, I- well, I'll buy a nice box of cookies. I end up buying about a oh lord, way too many. Well, and I interviewed the kids and put them on the 4-H on the air, and I yeah. asked them if they'd save me a box. Get They're, down there early. And they said, well, if you show up. Well, I'm yeah. like, come on. No, you got to show up. They don't show favoritism. You show up, and uh, they'll they'll give you a box, and they'll say, you know, they're good. They're good salespeople, those kids. <laughs> they they give you a box and say, well, that one's full, Bob. Here's another one. <laughs> and then they'll, we'll take this one over here and mark it so they get done <laughs> I've got a lot of boxes of cookies, but, oh, it is so, so good. So, yeah, we'll talk more about that. So uh, that will be fun. All right, so we got lots to do this morning, lots of chores, including, as we said, weather doesn't look like it's good for ice fishing or a white Christmas. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. As we said, not good for ice fishing or white Christmas this week. Partly cloudy, 34 today, and then uh, down to about 15 tomorrow. 
Partly cloudy, 29. Tomorrow, that's going to be the coldest day of the week. Thursday, 37. A chance of precipitation on Friday, 38. So you know what that's going to be. That's not going to be a white Christmas-type atmosphere. And then uh, cloudy on Saturday and Sunday. and may spit a little precipitation, but 37 both Saturday and Sunday. Right now, it's 17 degrees. And again, we're going to double that today. A partly cloudy sky. We should see a little sunshine. So the road should be good. Shouldn't be much problem, but be careful where it uh, hasn't melted completely off. Some of the intersections and curves could be a little bit slick. On a Tuesday morning, 17, 34, they're going to be the high today. 5 o'clock, this is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. What's going on? NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The Supreme Court is signaling it may side with a web designer opposed to same-sex marriage. The high court heard arguments involving a Colorado graphic designer who refuses to create wedding websites for same-sex couples because it's in conflict with her religious beliefs. The court's conservative majority appeared to favor the designer's First Amendment rights over Colorado's anti-discrimination law. The court is expected to issue a decision in the case at some point before its term wraps up in June. Georgia Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock and Republican challenger Herschel Walker are making their final pitches to voters ahead of today's runoff. Trey Thomas reports. Speaking on MSNBC Monday, Warnock called his opponent unprepared, unqualified, and unfit. The people of Georgia are showing up, and I think it's because they understand how much is at stake. Walker said on Fox News, not voting means more of President Biden and other Democrats. And if you vote for Herschel Walker, you're going to get someone that's going to give you a voice in Washington. Because I'm going to be with the Georgia people. I always will be with the Georgia people. Recent polling shows Warnock has a narrow lead in the closely watched runoff. I'm Trey Thomas. The Biden administration is opposed to doing away with the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for military service members. Brian Shook fills us in. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said President Biden is in agreement with the Defense Secretary that the mandate should stay in place. She said the Pentagon has a range of vaccines service members are required to take. Republican lawmakers have threatened to delay the passage of the annual defense authorization bill if the mandate, which was put in place last year, is not rescinded. I'm Brian Shook. And Tom Brady engineered a fourth-quarter comeback as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stormed back to stun the New Orleans Saints 17-16 on Monday night in Tampa. The Bucs improved to 6-6. Six and six. The Saints slipped to 4-9. and nine. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And don't forget, in just a little while, we are going to have our interview that uh, I had the chance to sit down in Kansas City a couple weeks ago with our uh, Ukrainian farmer who was over here uh, pleading the case of Ukrainian farmers and other people about having more help. Case Poizinga, we'll hear from a Ukrainian farmer about uh, the situation over there in agriculture and across the country in general. That's coming up in just a little bit. I don't think you want to miss that. He's very well-spoken and talked a lot about what's going on over there. All right, weather, well, we're going to be in the 30s every day right on through Sunday, except tomorrow when we'll be 29, 34 today, 29 on Wednesday, 37 on Thursday. The chance, best chance of any precipitation is on Friday when it'll be about 38, but then uh, Saturday and Sunday, cloudy, maybe spit a little bit, 
and both those days should be in the upper 30s. Rice Lake's 11 right now. Medford at 17, 23 in Wausau, 20 at Marshfield. Green Bay at 27. Madison Sun Prairie, 28 this morning. Milwaukee, the warm spot at 37. Right now, it's 17 degrees here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's take a look at some of those market numbers, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. Uh, just got off of the convention with the Farm Bureau down in the Dells. So let's look at livestock, Jill. Choice fed beef steers are 144 to 159 with mixed at 89 to 143. Choice fed beef heifers are 143 to 153 with mixed at 96 to 141. Choice fed Holstein steers are 130 to 137 with select and silage fed steers 80 to 129. Cows are 58 to 88 with bulls at 60 to 95. Butcher hogs are 75 to 93 and a quarter with sows at 41 and a half to 45. Boars are 15 to 17. Shorn market lambs are 111 to 124. There's no quote for the unshorn market lambs, and feeder lambs are 105 to $2. At the Mercantile Exchange at the close yesterday, cattle and hogs were mixed. Feeder cattle were higher. December live cattle down 12 at 153.22. February down a nickel at 155.82. April live cattle 159.57. That was unchanged. And June at 156.27, up 7 cents. Feeder cattle were higher. January 183.77, closing up $1.32. March 186.37, up $1.10. April feeders 189.52, up 90. May 192.25, up 67. And August feeder cattle 202.15, that was up 47. Hogs were mixed. December down 35 at 82.07. February up a dime at 90.52. April hogs unchanged at 95.82. And May was down a dime at 99.90. Board of Trade was lower yesterday. Lower energy prices and a stronger dollar. And a big wheat crop in Australia put pressure on prices. Overnight, they were higher except for wheat. March corn this morning up two at 6.43. Oats up three at 3.39. The March wheat down a fraction at 7.38. March soybeans up a dime at 14.55. March meal up a dollar ninety at $432.40. And as we said, lower energy prices at January crude oil price down $2.90, a barrel of oil, $77.08, so coming down. Barrel cheese up a nickel yesterday, 194 and three quarters. The block's down two at 208, butter unchanged at 290. December class three, the only $20 milk on the board. December up 12 at 2041. January down a penny at 1999. February down 17 at 1972. March down 14 at 1984. And April down 12 at 1988. That's a look at the markets brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Nine minutes after five, we'll get uh, caught up here on the uh, Farm Bureau Convention and some of the things that happened down there over the weekend. Next, right here on Wax, again, 17 degrees right now, 34 the high today. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The 103rd Convention of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation is history, and Jill, uh, good to see a, a local gentleman was uh, honored and as you said the 103rd annual convention wrapped up yesterday in wisconsin dells with their resolution session 
Over the weekend, the organization presented its 2022 Distinguished Service Award to past president Jim Holty, Jim Holt, excuse me, past president Jim Holt of Elk Mound. He was first elected to State Farm Bureau Board in 1995 until 2012 when he was elected Farm Bureau President, a position he held for seven years. During the meeting, the group also saluted former Farm Bureau President Don Haldeman, who passed away on November 20th. Haldeman was Farm Bureau President for about 20 years. Yeah, and uh, some of the things that got done. When the meeting's over, they always the board always uh, gets together and uh, reformulates itself, so to speak. Kevin Krentz was uh, re-elected president of the Farm Bureau. Kevin down from Berlin in uh, Washera County. But Joe Brogger from Independence, Joe Brogger from uh, Independence in Buffalo County, was selected to serve as vice president. He succeeds Dave Daniels of Union Grove down in Kenosha County. Dave Daniels still on the board. Ryan Klusendorf of Medford and Taylor County re-elected to a three-year term on the board representing District 8, Clark, Lincoln, Marathon, Portage, Price, Taylor, and Wood Counties. Brad Olson of Frederick up in Polk County elected to a three-year term on the board representing District 9. That's Barron, Dunn, Chippewa, Pierce, Polk, Burnett, Rusk, St. Croix, Sawyer, and the Superior Shore Counties. Brenda Doyash from Eau Claire County, re-elected to a one-year term as chair of the Promotion and Education Committee, also will serve as the representative on the board. And Savannah Hankey of Black River Falls in Jackson County was elected to a one-year term as chair of the Young Farmer and Agriculturalist Committee, and she will serve as the representative on the board. She succeeds Bob Nash from Ozaukee County. So again, Lots of folks from uh, around our part of the country very, very much involved in the organization in the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. Also, yesterday on Monday, they always have the resolutions uh, committee or meetings where the group gets together to discuss the resolutions and vote on Farm Bureau policy for the uh, next year. Dave Daniels, as the vice president, chairs that. And our charity, Seebecker, had a chance to uh, talk to Dave Daniels about policy and he said they took a look at a lot of different areas, including dairy. In the dairy section, we know that the negative PPWs were always uh, something that farmers were trying to fix. So uh, some of the stuff that we talked about, depooling and that kind of thing within federal milk marketing orders. As far as the raw milk issue, that one passed. Did that surprise you at all? Uh, that did surprise me because uh, they talked about the standards, but then they also discussed on how it could be a black eye for the dairy industry, which we've heard in previous years. Yeah. Again, there was support for education, especially education that is going to bring in students from high schools that would go on to more education in production agriculture. Uh, so one of the proposals is that we have a task force or meet with the people that have some uh, task force already in place to help uh, bring those educational sources back for our, our students that want to continue that education. Another thing is when we were talking about extension, uh, there's a lot of challenges out there with extension and how they're looking at uh, trying to uh, develop 
their educators in certain areas. The policy that we adopted is to have one or two counties only that would have its educators rather than stretched across four counties. So I think that's uh, something that we have to talk to Extension at UW-Madison about that. Uh, EMS was one of the other things that was pertinent on the rural areas, and so there's language within those policies that were adopted uh, that talk about uh, testing for rural uh, people, also working with rural municipalities on trying to make sure we have good health care and emergency services throughout the uh, rural area. What was the feedback or discussion on those first few topics that you talked about? What was the needs that these members brought forward to create these adoptions into the policy? Well, the needs uh, for the, on the education side uh, was uh, something like the, our farm and industry short course and going virtual this year. Our delegates would like to see something more robust in that we have a task force and we have farmers participating with that task force to find out what they would like to have out in the education sector for improving people that want to go from high school, get more some education, and then come back to production agriculture. On the rural emergencies services, that's just a need for it because the volunteer uh, fire departments and EMS services are being strapped because they don't have the volunteers. Uh, and similarly, it's the funding and the testing process that is all involved in that. So those are some of the talking points on those. And then moving into the second half, there was a lot more policy platforms that were adopted. Can you continue to go into what those were in the different areas? And once again, what discussion was brought up? What really is sticking out to you as the needs of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau members? So there's other policies that we discussed, uh, some of it on climate change and carbon sequestering and knowingly that's kind of in its infancy. What the needs of the farmers are is that we make sure that we are able to capture some of those dollars that we're going to probably be spending to have those initiatives put in place. Uh, So they wanted to make sure that if this is going to help all of society and all of the public is that the farmers aren't the sole people that will be paying for those things. On another subject with PFAs and PFOs, uh, we wanted to make sure that if a farmer's farmland or farm animals are being exposed to those that they get some indemnification for it and not have to pay for all the destruction or the things that may have to happen to their animals or land. And again, that's Dave Daniels, the outgoing vice president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. As we mentioned, Joe Brager is now the vice president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. But Dave Daniels taking a look with our charity Seebecker about some of the issues that uh, were discussed over there uh, at the Farm Bureau Convention. We're going to talk to our uh, farmer from the Ukraine, Jill, but uh, first of all, take a look at some numbers. Boy, there are some big numbers coming from USDA as far as income. So even with another month to go in 2022, USDA economists are putting out some pretty good numbers for farm income. In spite of fuel and fertilizer price expenses being up 47% and pesticide prices up 35%, they are projecting farm debt will go down this year while farm equity will go up. That's because net cash farm income will be about $188 billion this year, up 26% from 2021. Well, net farm income, net that's the net farm income, will be up 14% 
to $160.5 billion. Those are some of the best numbers in the past three or four decades. The reason is higher commodity prices this year as livestock and livestock products, including dairy, are up 30%. Crop prices are up 19%. Cow-calf operation sales are up 12%. Broilers are up 46%. And egg prices... They're up over 100% from last year. All right, so some big numbers to be looking at, and we'll take a look at more numbers uh, later on this week when the USDA comes out with a December uh, well, crop production update, world supply and demand, but uh, we'll take a look at those final numbers from the cropping season. And again, our Ukrainian farmer, we're going to visit with him about uh, what's been going on over there since uh, this past February. That's next, right here on Wax. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Straight from the horse's mouth, literally, the activity of what's been going on in Ukraine since February. Ukrainian farmer Case Izenga joined us in Kansas City at our Farm Broadcasters Convention. And Case, take us back to February, first of all, when Vladimir Putin was rattling sabers about... uh, taking over the Ukraine for whatever reason he thought was justifiable. What was the feeling in the country? Did you believe it could really happen? I didn't believe it. And a lot of people didn't believe it. And it was probably naive. And we should have probably listened to the U.S. intelligence and British intelligence. But we didn't. But I don't, I'm not sure if it would have made any difference. And then all of a sudden, the 24th of February, the rockets start flying over your farm. You know, and my wife was on the airport. She was supposed to fly to the Netherlands for a few days. She called me at 4 o'clock in the morning and said, uh, the airplanes don't fly. And then I got a message from a friend of mine close to another airport. They said, they're starting bombing the airports. The bomb's dropping on the airport. And I called my wife again and said, get the heck out of that airport because it's a dangerous place to be, you know. And and when she drove back to the farm, she saw the bombs left and right of the highway dropping and saw the explosions. And that was really scary. And they dropped those bombs wherever they wanted. They took out lives. They took out buildings. They took out farms, factories, everything. In the beginning, especially, they were bombing airfields and ammunition depots. And there's an ammunition depot close to our farm. And I heard the cruise missile flying over our farm, hitting that depot. Yeah, so then it gets close, you know. And then, I mean, I haven't had any war experience like most of the people in Ukraine. And you're in panic. You don't know what to do. You 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 don't really sleep at night. Uh, you're in bed. Three blankets, but freezing, I mean, sweating, but freezing, you know, and sleeping for a few hours a night. And um, my wife and my kids, they they fled the country uh, to Romania, and we had had friends there taking care of of them. So that was very good, but I don't recommend it to anybody. I don't blame you. So as far as your farming operation, did you get hit with missiles right away? And what part of the country are you in? Are you in the area that has been hit the hardest by the Russians? No, luckily not. We were very lucky. We are in the middle of Ukraine, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, And we had one rocket in our village, but it didn't do any damage and nobody was hurt. But of course it's scary. So now we were more or less able to farm, uh, but but I mean the guys in the front lines and the guys uh, behind in the occupied areas, they, I know farmers who have been uh, captured and tortured and still farmers, I know farmers still missing. So, you know, that's, uh, I mean, that's really, uh, really difficult. 
what about the farmers that are missing? Is, is Have other people picked up the slack and harvested their crop? I mean, this has been devastating as far as production because Ukraine is one of the major countries to feed the world. The crops from the farmers in the occupied territories, that, that, that crop has been stolen by the Russians or it was destroyed by, by fire, you know, by rockets exploding. So then, uh, then just a ripe uh, field of wheat will just burn. And that happened a lot in those areas. And what wasn't burned uh, was stolen by the Russians, or they, they just paid like 30% of the value. Uh, and I know uh, a friend of mine who was in occupied Kherson, and he had a ripe crop of winter wheat on his field, and uh, the Russians would have stolen it, but he, he just set it on fire himself because he couldn't have it, and he didn't want the Russians to have it. So... Uh, how dangerous is it for farmers to be in their fields? Their mines out there? What's the status? It depends on the area you're in. I mean, if there's still territories which were freed, you know, and but there's still mines out there, and it still happens that farmers drive out there with a tractor and drive on a mine and, and explode. Another friend of mine who was in the occupied areas, he bought fuel from the Russian soldiers, which they stole from their own tanks. So, but because he had a dairy, he didn't have electricity, so he had to have fuel to run the generators to to be able to milk the cows. I mean, I can't. I even can't imagine being in a country at war. I even can't imagine what those people have gone through. You know. What's been the infrastructure situation? You're a dairy farmer yourself. What about the the creameries? What about processing plants? Uh, have they been destroyed, or is there still some semblance of uh, operations going on? There's quite a few uh, processing factories which have which are out of uh, production because they are either too close to the front line or in the occupied areas and those farmers they had to throw their milk away or they gave it away a lot of farmers gave their milk away to people in the city who were, who were in the bomb shelters yeah but also a lot of milk got thrown away uh, we were lucky our, our processing plant is more to the western part of Ukraine and they never missed a day and they never missed uh, a day paying so, uh, and that was good for us. I mean, in this way, we could keep on running our uh, our um, our farm. And you're talking about expanding in the face of this Russian attack. How how are you going to expand? And what do you do for uh, for genetics? What do you do for feed? Yeah, ex expanding our dairy farm and also expanding our vegetable farm uh, because a lot of vegetables are, are grown in the south, in the south, southern part of Ukraine, which is still occupied. So there's a shortage of vegetables. Those prices have gone through the roof, um, so that's good for our vegetable operation, but it's, it's not really fair towards the people, of course. But we have to come back, you know. We have to build back better or whatever you want to call it. Um, and why not start now? I mean, of course, there's a risk. But, I mean, what do you want to do? Do you want to sell everything, put the money in your pocket and leave the country? That's also not really fair to do, you know, if you want to protect your country. I mean, there's people fighting in the, in the trenches, which is already primitive. But there's people doing logistics to the army. There's... Uh, people managing the country and, and I mean farmers have to keep on farming we have to eat I mean p war or peace we people have to eat and uh, so expanding means additional jobs additional taxes uh, with which we can pay for our defense so I was gonna say your confidence Ukrainian citizen that this is gonna end favorably and Ukraine is gonna have its freedom you're not gonna kowtow to the Russians at all you you're very much and everybody in Russia or everybody in Ukraine is very much against what Putin has done and is doing absolutely I don't think there's anyone in Ukraine who uh, 
who is not fighting in his own way against uh, against this Russian attack, and um, and then that's the only way. I mean, you can't give in. If uh, and uh, as a friend of mine said, you know, better one winter in the dark and in the cold than uh, a whole life under Russian occupation. And and that's how it is. And that's how everybody feels it. And that's what everybody's ready to fight for. And and with the support of of Europe and the United States, uh, we'll manage. Ukrainian farmers are going to be back in the fields next spring. It sounds like. Absolutely. Uh, How are you going to do that? Because, again, it was a short crop this year because, as you mentioned, some burned their wheat, the Russians stole some of it, uh, bombed it. Where are you going to get seed? Where are you going to get fertilizer? Where are you going to get diesel fuel? How's, how's the situation over there? And what's the morale of farmers? Yeah, the morale is high, and farmers have done a lot to support uh, people in need, to support the army. Of course, the closer you come to the front line, the more difficult it becomes, and you won't be able to plant all the fields there. Uh, but the further you get away, the, le- the less risk, of course. All the inputs like fuel, crop protection, um, seeds, uh, that's not so much bulk. You can truck that in from Western Europe by, by, by truck. Fertilizer is going to be a bigger issue. I'm afraid there's going to be a shortage in Ukraine, especially uh, especially nitrogen and fertilizer has a big influence. Yeah, I'm worried about that. and. Uh, we are with every free dollar we have. We try to buy nitrogen fertilizer to have it in stock to to be able to have a good crop for next year. But there's a lot of farmers who don't have this opportunity of this possibility. And mm-hmm. and you've seen this firsthand, obviously, case. And we'll kind of wrap it up with this. A question you were asked in Kansas City is the perspective that we get from our media of what's been happening over there as far as the bombings and the other things that have been happening to the people. You, your answer kind of surprised me because uh, from what we've seen, we're horrified, and, and you say we're not getting a lot of it. No, but it's too, it's too horrible to show, you know, and if you're not used to it, it's, uh, and I wasn't used to it. Now I'm used to it, unfortunately, uh, so I can, I can handle it. How much damage has, this, has the Russians done as far as bridges, schools, processing plants? Oh, a lot. Uh, 300 bridges, uh, just hit like six and a half thousand kilometers, so that's 5,000 miles of railroads. Um, 40% of the electricity infrastructure is, is damaged or destroyed. 20, what is it, 15, 20,000 miles of roads uh, destroyed. Port infrastructure destroyed. So it's, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars needed to rebuild that st- that stuff. And again, Case Poisinga, that's just some of the things we talked about. I had a long conversation with him, and later on, hopefully, we can share more, but uh, pretty horrific. But those people are tough, and they're hanging in there, and they're going to farm next year. He said he's lucky he's more in the uh, in the western part of the country where they haven't really bombed so much, but he's been all over, and it's a horrible situation. Well, we're going to catch up with the markets next. I think they're a whole lot better. Rocky's going to join us from Premier Livestock. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to Premier Livestock in the Withy area. Rocky joins us, and uh, boy, this is pretty nice weather to be moving livestock, Rocky. It is. It's it. Every day we get a day like this, a day off of winter, and yep. yeah. It's getting closer to, closer to spring, that's for sure. The roads are good, and the uh, trail trailers should be rolling. Well, how'd uh, Monday sale go? 
thank you, Bob. Good morning, everyone. This is how the week is shaping up so far here at Premier Livestock. Uh, did have a big day yesterday selling over 1,200 head of livestock. Uh, fed cattle traded uh, steady. High choice and prime Holstein steers 134 to 147. Low choice and selects 122 to 133. Choice beef steers and heifers 138 to 149. Uh, market cows steady. High yielding cows from 72 to 87, most cows 57 to 71, market bulls steady, high yielding bulls from 84 to 97, lower yielding lightweight 83 and down, organic market cows sold every Monday, uh, they were stronger yesterday, uh, high yielding cows from 89 to $1.12, lower yielding 88 and down, newborn Holstein bull calves mostly from 75 to $185 per head, your beef calves 150 to 330 Holstein heifer calves 10 to 75 with a few higher. Uh, today, Tuesday, that's going to be a special feeder cattle auction. We're expecting six to 800 head of feeder cattle. Really a nice lineup of high-quality feeders. we got 75 to 100 bred stock cows, uh, lots of nice Angus cows, some of Western origin. Uh, also have some uh, purebred uh, red Angus and Charlays there. If you're bringing bred beef cows, uh, make sure to have them in before 9 o'clock a.m. for preg checks today. Sale starts at 11. We'll sell the bred beef cows first, and then we'll go on to the feeder cattle. Full listing at uh, Premier Livestock and Auctions.com. Then tomorrow, Wednesday, 11 o'clock a.m., dairy cattle auction. we got an impressive lineup of fresh cows, uh, lots of parlor freestyle cows, including 40 fresh two- and three-year-old Jersey crosses. They're the fancy, fancy kind of video of those cows selling online. Uh, like I say, truckload after truckload of them, fancy, fresh two- and three-year-old parlor freestyle cows from some of our best consigners. If you're looking for the good ones, we got them at Premier, guys. Check it out at Premier Livestock and Auctions. Com. Any questions, give us a call, 715-229-2500. I do want to mention we got our hay sale on Wednesday. Uh, that gets underway at 930 if you're looking to sell some hay. Uh, markets have been very good to stronger for hay. Uh, we do have a full uh, market report of hay prices on our website. We also have a semi-load of third crop alfalfa certified organic hay, uh, 25, 24% protein on that uh, squares of third crop alfalfa. So if you're interested in that come see us uh, wednesday morning at nine thirty. and bob that's the way it shaped up busy place over there you bet it is that's a good thing have a good one rocky you too bob thank you there he goes that's rocky over at premier livestock in withy and we'll check on this well undecember like weather forecast weather time on wax and let's get over to skywarn 13 mike dandrea is with us as we were talking earlier mike this forecast isn't good for a white Christmas or ice fishing. No, it's not quite looking like that. As uh, Well, this time of year, our average highs are mostly into the low 30s. In fact, 32 is the average high in Eau Claire. Is it really? I didn't realize that. Yeah, but uh, we'll be slightly above that over the next few days, only by a couple degrees. But, uh, well, as you mentioned, maybe not the, the greatest for getting some ice on the lakes and uh I guess that kind of disappoints me a little bit. I want to kind of get out there soon. But otherwise, today we'll have uh, some intervals of clouds and sun with our highs mostly into the low 30s. We'll be quiet really over uh, most of the forecast period. Tomorrow we'll have some intervals of clouds and sun as well, maybe a little bit more in the way of sunshine. But our highs will be a little on the cooler side into the mid to upper 20s. Back into the teens tomorrow night and uh, going into Thursday, back to around average. We'll have more clouds and sun into the low to mid 30s. 
Thursday night, we could have just a few snowflakes, but really uh, not any widespread snow showers. Otherwise, back into uh, Friday and Saturday, we'll have some cloud cover again with mid-30s. And heading into Sunday and Monday, mid to upper 30s with a mostly cloudy sky. And at the moment, 14 degrees in Eau Claire as those clouds are continuing to clear out. All right. So we still got a lot of time to get to Christmas, though. So don't don't jump off a bridge because we don't have any snow yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't recommend jumping off a bridge in any capacity. <laughs> well, but... that's probably a good thing. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> you bet. All right. There goes Mike Dandry over there. At the Skywarn 13, we've got uh, weather in the books. News is coming up. All brought to you by Bluff Country Feed and Seed. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's get you some more information. As we go into the newsroom, Morgan McCarthy is with us this morning. Are you disappointed if we don't have a white Christmas? I always like a white Christmas because I feel like if I could dial it in perfectly and, you know, naturally nobody's asked me, but <laughs> I, I like a December to about the end of January snow and then it can go away. What what always troubles me is when we have no white Christmas and then all of a sudden we have February, March, even into April sometimes uh, it gets cold and snowy. It's like, well, come I, on. Don't, I don't think you're going to get called anytime soon to be a spokesperson for snowmobile dealers or ski resorts or anything like that. Hey, trust me, my sister and her family they ride and they want as much powder as possible so i i balance it out in my family all right good for you what's going on well with some uh, 715 newsroom coverage we'll start locally good morning here's what we're learning today we know a former teacher aide in bloomer will spend three months in jail for having intercourse with a 16 year old student a judge in chippewa falls yesterday sentenced noah lane to three years in jail two years probation with those charges in addition to that jail time lane will have to register as a sex offender and won't be allowed to work near young people again when it comes to that election, you probably heard plenty of ads in your ears. Well, there was money forked out for those. A new report says Wisconsin's 2022 election saw more outside money than ever before. The Wisconsin Democracy Campaign released its report yesterday as the numbers show that outside groups spent just over $90 million on the race for governor, U.S. Senate, Congress, and Wisconsin statewide races. That's $30 million more than was spent four years ago. Now, the report says outside groups spent a little more on Republicans, $48 million compared to the $44 million spent on Democrats. Well, we're crunching numbers. How about that state budget? Wisconsin state government is projected a $6.6 billion budget surplus for the 2022-23 to year. Wausau Mayor Katie Rosenberg here saying she's cautiously optimistic that at least some of that will go towards increased shared revenue to local governments and hopes lawmakers will gain knowledge about how municipal budgets work. As you might imagine, it's not cut and dry. There's a desire to be really simple, like just make it an easy formula And it's really hard because every city and every county has different ways of doing things. And Governor Tony Evers has said increased shared revenue will be a key component of his proposed state budget. Well, the uh, UW-Eau Claire community mourns the loss of Larry Schnack. He was chancellor between 1984 and 98 and died recently. He's being remembered for helping modernize and enhance undergrad programs at UW-Eau Claire with his work leading to several regional and national accolades for academic excellence. There will be a memorial service this Saturday. And all eyes at the Capitol today as it'll shine bright. Wisconsin's tree once again being lit up. Governor Evers planning a ceremony to light that tree at noontime today. And if you're thinking vacation when our temps fall, how about Tampa? Florida, right? Not Kansas. 
We'll see about this. There's a vacation deal on the books. Most of the residents of Tampa, Kansas, are enjoying a free four-day vacation in the Florida city of the same name. Santiago Coriata with Tampa's tourism agency, Visit Tampa Bay, says it's a gesture of goodwill for the holidays and a way to get some publicity in the Midwest. Southwest Airlines and local hotels covered airfare and lodging for the Kansas town's approximately 100 residents. I'm Trey Thomas. And it's wheels down and back to the barn as we go with Bob Jill and the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Who says there are advantages to living in a small town? Hey, I've got Boyceville right here. You talk about small town. Yeah, I, I can know tell you. Boyceville, Florida, or Boyceville, California. I don't know if there is, Arizona. I can tell you one thing about living in a small town. You don't get away with much when your parents run into people down at the feed mill. So, uh, <laughs> that is for sure. That's right. It was uh, a very straight and narrow childhood for me. Well, I, well, I don't know. That's up for debate. <laughs> See you later. Anytime, Bob. There goes Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom. When the dairy industry came together for a meeting in Kansas City to talk about modernizing the dairy industry, the Farmers Union was there. Rick Adamski is the Government Relations Director of the Wisconsin Farmers Union on our Farmers Union Minute. Certainly monitored that closely. We had a board member representative present at those meetings. Tina Hinchley and her husband, Duane, were there. They were able to share as much as they could about the dairy revitalization plan, similar to our experience at uh, World Dairy Expo. seems like most of the dairy farm producer members are focusing on federal milk market order reform, and I think there is great need for that. But we think that uh, separate standalone the item is the uh, dairy revitalization plan where there is some reasonable growth management so as to stem the tide of loss of farms, stabilize price, uh, reduce the cost of government spending on farm security programs. And we think that the dairy revitalization plan plays a role in that. Rick Adamski on our Wisconsin Farmers Union Minute. And right now we've got 14 degrees looking for 34 today, partly cloudy again. Tomorrow, the coldest day of the week, 29. I didn't realize 32 is our average high for this week in December. I thought we were way above normal, but we are above normal. 37 on Thursday, 38 on Friday, then 37 on Saturday and Sunday. Chance of some precipitation on Friday. Calendar markets, it's a busy day as we look at all those items. Brought to you by Chippewa Ag Solutions. And right now, again, as we said, 14 degrees, and we've got uh, markets coming up, but a lot of other things are coming up too, Jill, as we get to this area between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Tell us a few things on the calendar. Elk Creek Solar's having their open house on Thursday, the 8th, from 3 to 7 at the Springbrook Town Hall in Elk Mound. So Elk Creek Solar's having an open house. And as we mentioned before... Pleasant Valley 4-H is having their cookie walk and craft sale on Saturday, December 10th from 10 till noon. Make sure you get there before Bob so you have your choice of cookies. <laughs> I'll get some. <laughs> and there's uh, applications out there for applying to the turkey harvest and the bear harvest, and that those are due December 10th. Go to the DNR website and look those up. And this weekend, the Wisconsin Farmers Union is having their annual state convention down at the Chula Vista Report Resort in Wisconsin Dells. All right, and uh, that starts, what, the 9th uh, this Friday, I do believe, and runs through the weekend. Yep, 9th through the 11th. All right, down there at Chula Vista. And we've got some markets. We'll get to those coming up on Wax. Again, 14 degrees, 34 the high today. 
agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's almost 11 minutes before 6 o'clock. It's 14 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Hut Eamon of Sparta. Fed cattle selling steady today with the high-yielding choice beef steers and heifers 153 to 163. The choice and select beef steers and heifers 142 to 152. The dairy cross steers 132 to 147. The high-yielding choice Holstein steers 137 to 145. The choice and select Holstein steers 126 to 136 with the unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers 125 and down. Cow market steady with the high-yielding cow is 70 to 80. The cutters and utilities 55. Four to sixty nine with the low yielding and canner cows, fifty three and dollar. Organic market today with the results from the December fifth sale, with a steady market with most organic cows selling ninety six to one eleven. The thin and smaller organic cows seventy five to ninety five with the organic steers and heifers one fifteen to one twenty five. Bull market steady today with most bulls bringing seventy five to ninety with the thin. Full and bulls over a ton discounted at 74 and down. Calves today sold by the pound with a steady market with 80% of the Holstein bull calves bringing from 80 to 160. The quality Holstein heifer calves, 30 cents to a dollar. The quality beef calves, 210 to 360 with light and poor quality calves, 10 to 60 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Wednesday, December 7th, starting at 10 a.m. with fed cattle. Followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hut Aim at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's get over to the Equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. You got any eligibility left to play college football? Badgers are looking for a quarterback for that bowl game. Well, uh, well, first of all, uh, no, and I never had any to start with. So, <laughs> <laughs> but they're going to Phoenix after Christmas, and Graham Mertz is going to the transfer portal, so he will not be available. Well, yeah, it's just one of those real super duper bowl games, but I guess it's pretty good income for the university. But yep. uh, the only thing is, it'll be at uh, well, is Phoenix in the Western Time Zone or? Is it um, Western or Mountain? I'm not sure. It's uh, I don't know, but it'll be uh, yeah a little different time zone. But uh, there'll be a lot of Badgers, a lot of Red Net Stadium, as there always is. So uh, hopefully they'll they'll do well and find a quarterback. But that's not till the 27th. So we'll have a few weeks to get ready for that. In the meantime, we got business. How'd Monday go at Stratford? Bob, thank you. We'll tell the folks about that, and a very good morning to everyone. At the start of a very busy week here at Equity Stratford, on uh, yesterday's auction, we'll start out with the cow market. Of course, these are conventional-type cows. We'll sell the organics today. On the high-yielding, fleshy cows yesterday, selling mostly from uh, 68 to a top of 83 and a half. Uh, most of the cows yesterday selling between 51 and 67. Thinner cows, like carcass cows, below 51. On the bull trade to open up the week, your better quality bulls are selling from 83 to 95. Lighter weight bulls below 82. Uh, calf market yesterday, good quality bull calves weighing 9,230 pounds, selling mostly from 75 to 175. Uh, fancy bull calves from 175 to a top of 195. Uh, heifer calves, no big deal on those, mostly $50 and below. Again, beef calves, good demand on those beef calves continues, 175 up to a top of 350. And we'll update on fed cattle. Most of those will be sold tomorrow, but we do have a busy day on tap here. Uh, we're tell folks about that today here, Tuesday at Stratford. We get started this morning at 10 o'clock. Uh, hay and bedding auction. We do have hay and bedding available. Also do have firewood for sale today. That was going to come in kind of handy. 11 o'clock today, we do have a nice dairy cattle auction lined up. Uh, we do have a complete herd dispersal. Folks, if you're looking for some
some, uh, got a couple of these stalls in your barn. You're looking for some uh, replacements. This will be the day. Hope to see you at 11 o'clock. We've got, a, like I said, a complete herd dispersal. Uh, 60 Olsteen cows are coming from Madison County here in the Wasa area. The owner is retiring. Uh, their ties to our milk and house left outside every day. Cows are averaging 80 pounds a day, 4-1 fat. Somatic is very low at 90. All these cows are bred back to black Angus bulls. Uh, the dry cows are, are dry treated, of course. All the cows are, cows are vaccinated. So like I said, if you've got a couple empty stalls, uh, uh, now would be a good, good time to fill those with a very nice herd today. Also, we do have springing Holstein heifers that will be sold right along with the cows. And uh, do keep in mind, tomorrow we do have that special bread beef cow and feeder cattle auction. That will be a noontime start. Uh, consignments available uh, on our website. You can take a look at that list. But again, folks, dairy sale today at 11, followed by the market sale. We do sell organic market cows on Tuesday along with so, Bob, it's, uh, boy, getting close to six, so we better turn it back to you. And, again, folks, uh, I hope to see you today at the dairy sale because we do have a very nice herd of cows. And with that, Bob, I'll turn it back to you. And, uh, well, I was thinking about that. I mean, you're always traveling. Maybe you could head down to Phoenix, you know. I don't think I'm going to make her. It's uh, not in my agenda right now, but it's going to be oh, warming well. down there. It is here. So we'll see. I just hope they find a quarterback in the meantime. All right, Jerry, you have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. Thank you, Bob. You bet. There he goes. Jerry Fitzgerald at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. And Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland does bring us our look at the markets this morning here on Wax. Board of Trade lower yesterday, lower energy prices, and energy prices are down. January crude oil down $2.90 a barrel yesterday, sitting at seventy-seven oh eight. Also, stronger dollar and wheat was down big crop in Australia. Overnight, March corn up two cents at six forty three. The oats up three at three thirty nine. Wheat down a fraction at seven thirty eight. March soybeans up a dime at fourteen fifty five, and March meal up a dollar ninety at four hundred thirty two dollars and forty cents. Looking at our cash prices at the country elevators. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls location, corns at five eighty three with soybeans at thirteen eighty nine. Connorsville location, corns at five seventy eight with soybeans at thirteen seventy nine. And taking a look at our DTN screen, corn at Baldwin today, five ninety eight, the beans thirteen seventy seven. Durand also has well Durand has their corn at five eighty nine, their beans at thirteen seventy one. Six dollars for corn in Mondovi, thirteen seventy six and the soybeans, Elmwood five ninety eight and thirteen eighty one. At Fall Creek the corn is down to five eighty, the beans thirteen fifty six. Osseo six oh three on the corn, thirteen eighty one on the beans out at Elk Mound. Soybeans at thirteen seventy five, corn at five ninety one, Sparta corn five seventy seven, beans thirteen fifty seven, Ellsworth five sixty eight on the corn thirteen twenty seven on the beans. Ethanol plants, Boyceville five ninety eight, Stanley and the Richmond both five ninety seven a bushel on the corn. Barrel cheese traded a nickel higher yesterday, one ninety four and three quarters. The blocks down two at two oh eight, butter unchanged at two ninety. December class three up twelve at twenty forty one. January down a penny at nineteen ninety nine. February down 17 at 1972, March down 14 at 1984, and April down 12 at 1988. 14 degrees right now, looking for 34 today and partly cloudy and all week long. Temperature is going to be well into the 30s, except tomorrow when it will only be 29, but still uh, above average this time in December. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.